0: Welcome to the Devoted City Church podcast. Our mission is to help people find, trust, and follow Jesus. To learn more about our church, visit DevotedCity.com. In today's episode, you'll hear a message from our lead pastor, Donnie Williams, or a member of our teaching team.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to be with you. And for those of you that are joining online, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. We do want to say if you are ever around our North Raleigh location or a Cary location, we'd love to have you worship with us in person. But I'm so glad to be here and uh, deliver the last message in this series. I cannot believe that Christmas is here next weekend, but it's, to be transparent with you, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, what is he going to say? It's been a tough 2023 for me. Um, I... I'm a little bit older in age, so my body's starting to feel that, and my knee needed a little attention. And forgive me if you're a physician here, I'm gonna use some medical terms you may not be familiar with, but like a road can have a pothole, I have a pothole in my knee that needed to be filled. Okay, and instead of tar, I had to get a cadaver bone and it was a rather large hole, so they don't have these big bones sitting on a shelf, so I had to wait. It started back in November of last year. That's when the waiting started. I got on the surgery list for every week. So every Monday I was like, yes, this is gonna be the week. Well, November turned to December, and with the start of each week, yeah, I was hopeful, but then, the next, by the end of the week, I'm like, it's not happening this week. And by the time December rolled around, I, I was struggling. I was at times I'd be frustrated, times I'd be tired because this gets tiring if you let yourself do that. Uh, angry at times, and December rolled into January, and I'm still waiting each week. And then I finally got the call the first week of February. And they said, hey, you're having surgery next week. And so I went to Kim, my wife, and I said, guess what we're doing on Valentine's Day. (laughs) Better yet, what are you going to be doing? You're going to be serving me all day long, all month long. And so uh, the pothole got filled and the waiting was over. Briefly because I've had some bumps in my recovery, not because of the surgeon or the PT, they are awesome. I don't know why it's happened, but I landed back in the operating room, had some stuff done, and so what I wanted, the outcome of exercising again, making regular movements like going from left to right and not having to think about it. I wanted that and I couldn't do it. Each step is a pain. And so I found myself, that feeling that I felt in November and December of being tired and angry and frustrated, started to surface again. On the outside, I looked like I was waiting well. You might ask me, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's coming along. Inside, mm, I was really struggling to wait. I am struggling to wait this is a story still in progress. I'm still in PT. The trajectory is upward, so it's going well, but I'm still waiting and I'm struggling. So this series really has connected with me. I don't think it's a coincidence. The teaching team gets the series set long before we ever do them. And so this message was set and I was assigned to do this. I didn't, so I don't find it a coincidence that God was like, you need some growth in waiting well. And so this series has resonated with me. It's resonating with you as well. You're catching the teachers, I get to go to both of our locations. And I also go online and people are chatting. Oh, this is connecting. You're connecting with that missing piece, right? You know what the missing piece is, but you long for that missing piece. You're using different words, but you're all saying the same thing. I am missing that piece, and I wanna learn about that true piece, and I want to experience that true piece. You're feeling it, I'm feeling it, and it's no coincidence that we're going through this. When you look at our world, there's a lot of unsettledness in our world. We've got global conflict, right? We've got wars going on in multiple places. We've got an election next year, which means the extreme politics started when? The last election, so we're all caught up in the middle of that. And then with technology, it's starting to go into some places of uncharted waters, right? And you're like, this artificial intelligence, where's it gonna go next? And we're feeling this angst. And our peace is fleeting. And so it's, it's having an impact on us. It's having a toll on us, and it isn't a good one. It's affecting us relationally. It's affecting us physically. It's affecting us spiritually. And so over the past few weeks, we've looked at just a few of the circumstances of where we can look for that peace and how to find that peace. Peace. We talked about what do you do when when you're hurt by someone and you're wrestling with forgiveness? What's peace look like there? We've talked about being caught up in our whirlwind schedules and what does peace actually look like there? And then last week, Donnie talked about disappointment and doubt, right? And how that can uh, lead to a lack of peace. And so today, if you haven't guessed, we're going to be talking about waiting and how to find peace in our waiting here's a fact about you and me we don't like waiting right think about the products and services that we buy because we don't like to wait i think they sell a combo air fryer and instant pot right (laughs) let's knock both of those things out at the same time we love the uh, it used to be next day shipping now it's get it today right? We like that. Or we'll hit that subscribe button for a product, even though we'll probably end up having 50,000 of them in our cabinet because we still have the other ones, but we don't want a period of waiting. We want it to arrive so that we don't have to wait. We struggle to wait. I was doing some research for the message and came across a study that was kind of funny, uh, but true. 80% 80% of the respondents of this survey said they were patient people. 80%, keep that in mind. 80% say they're patient. Yet 96 of them knowingly consume a piping hot beverage or food item and they'll burn their mouth just because they want to eat it quickly. They don't want to wait. 96%. I'm one of them. Over 50%, when they're put on hold, will wait less than a minute before hanging up. Yeah, some of you are nodding your heads. I'm at least thinking about it with, with a minute. 71% frequently drive faster than the speed limit so that they can get there and not have to wait anywhere. No, I, w- I wouldn't do that. I mean, I'm a pastor. Come on. I've seen some of you pass me, but... <laughs> and then this last one. One-third of the respondents aged 18 through 24 will wait less than one second to pass a... S- slow walker. I can attest to that. I'm the slow walker and you're passing me right by. We, we just don't like to wait. But yet waiting is an everyday, like it's part of our everyday life, right? waiting. Yet there are parts of our life that waiting is incredibly difficult. It's a whole lot more than our everyday run of the mill waiting experiences. And maybe you find yourself in one of these, um, that I'm going to mention today. There's a whole bunch of them that we could be experiencing. Maybe for you, it's a medical diagnosis and the weight is just causing you to be emotionally drained. Maybe for you you've experienced a traumatic loss and you so desire to heal from it but it feels impossible to even get there maybe you're going through a legal battle and you're waiting for a verdict to happen and all you know right now in this waiting is stress some of you have talked to you're applying for jobs And in this waiting, you have sent hundreds of applications and it feels like it's over the wall and you have heard nothing and you are just waiting. And it's having a toll on you and you desire to have that peace. Whether it's everyday waiting or it's those tough circumstances that interrupt our lives, it's hard to wait. And today we're going to look at finding peace in our waiting scripture contains a lot of people who had to wait we have people like moses david the apostle paul so many in here that had to wait the only one that did it perfectly was jesus we can go here and learn about real people in real life and see them wait and we can learn from their waiting but so often first time using an iPad here. It's fun. So often we can struggle in our waiting, waiting to us when we're waiting for someone or something. We often describe that waiting as negative. It is a negative experience. But when you look at scripture and waiting on God, the pattern of biblical waiting on God is a positive one. What you see when we go in there, you see waiting on God associated with patience and resolve and a dependence and an obedience, a contentment, hope, trusting that God will provide in some way. So it's more positive than when we think about waiting. Today, we're gonna look at a couple who had to wait. They are connected with the Christmas story, but let's go in and look at their waiting. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter one. We're gonna be starting in verse five. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they were childless because of Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. If you read all of Luke chapter one, you understand that Elizabeth is a relative to Mary, who is the mother of Jesus. Here we also see that Zechariah is one of many priests. The way it worked then was there was not one priest who took care of all the temple duties. There are actually 24 groups of priests and their role was twice a year for one week, they were going to serve at the temple. That's Zechariah's role here and we learn that he's one of many. But most importantly, we discover that Elizabeth and zechariah they're older, And they desire a child, but they are childless. They are older, which probably means year after year, month after month, they were waiting and desiring a child, and it never happened. That's a difficult life for Zechariah and Elizabeth, especially for Elizabeth. If you look at verse 25, Elizabeth said she felt the disgrace of the people around her just making her feel disgraced. In that day, there was a social stigma. If you were childless, she felt that pain. She felt the economic pain of an unstable future financially. They also felt the end of a family line if they couldn't have children. And maybe when you read that passage, you are experiencing the very same pain that Elizabeth and Zechariah are going through. You're desiring a child and you are in the middle of waiting and you understand that pain. Or maybe your circumstance is completely different. It's not that. But here's one thing that all of us can relate to. We can connect with desiring an outcome and failing to see that happen in front of us. We understand what that feels like. Just think about the pain we experience or the lack of peace when we don't get what we want and we so desire. What happens? Instead of finding that peace, we find sadness, we can find hopelessness. Sometimes we go to that place of despair and I think of how hard it must have been for Elizabeth and Zechariah day in and day out. But did you capture? Did you see what they said about their character? It says they were they were righteous, observed all the Lord's commands. They were blameless. These were godly people. and I don't know about you, when you're in the middle of waiting and an outcome isn't happening. It's hard because you're sitting there going, I'm trying to do everything right. I'm going to worship. I'm connected to God's people. I'm serving inside and outside of the church, but why isn't it happening for me? Or we can do the comparison game. We're like, I'm doing all this. Look at them. They're ungodly people and they seem to be getting what they want. It's hard in times like this, we struggle with our obedience. It's it's easier to be obedient when things are happening that we want to happen, but when they don't, we can become bitter. Instead of better people, we become bitter. We can become impatient instead of being patient with those around us. Instead of being patient and saying, God, I trust that you're gonna provide, help me to receive that, to expect it and to receive it. Now, we don't see Elizabeth and Zechariah. I don't see that in scripture. They're not wrestling with it, but I gotta believe that in their humanness, right, that they feel what you and I feel at times. So let's pick back up in verse eight. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were outside praying. This was a very special time for Zechariah. This was a once in a lifetime task that he was about to perform he would perform it at no other time he was to take the incense of the people that said they were praying on the outside of the temple he'd light the incense and bring it in and the incense would be placed on the altar representing the prayers of the people and that was the task that Zechariah had at that time he was still performing his role I thought about that and I was thinking about his life circumstances, right? Elizabeth and zechariah it was not, it was a difficult time. Yet he is still performing his priestly duty. His role is to go and take care of the temple. And he's doing that even though life is difficult for him. I don't know why I'm surprised by that because it says they're godly people. They're righteous. They're blameless. But what I know, maybe you feel this. I recognize it can be really hard to serve when you're suffering. When you're in a period of waiting, it is hard to want to go and serve. And so we can look at Zachariah just his actions and his attitude. And he's modeling a decision that we have before us in our time of waiting as well. And it's our big idea. It's this. Focus. Focusing on obedience over outcome brings peace in my waiting. That's difficult. That's very difficult. It feels a whole lot easier to obey God when I'm getting what I want. Right? But when I don't see what I want happening, I can become impatient i can start to take control to get what i want to happen and if you get in the way of me trying to make it happen i'm going to get angry at you and it just leads to disobedience a lack of being honoring to god with my actions and my attitudes but when we focus when our focus is always on the outcome of what i want and this This is hard to do. When I just look at what I want, I'm never gonna experience that true peace because I'll be missing something and I will be missing the true peace. It's possible to have peace, but it takes a doable but very big shift. And that's focusing on obedience over outcome brings peace in my waiting. Zechariah is continuing to do what the Lord's called him to do. And in this moment, an angel appears and it scares Zechariah to death. I can almost picture him wanting to run out of the temple, but he doesn't. Let's uh, look at verse 13, I believe. Let's go to that. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. The angel comes with this heavenly message of assurance. It's one that's common. You'll see it throughout scripture. Do not be afraid. It calms Zachariah down so that he can hear the message that they will have a son and that son's name is to be John. John. Now, the angel could have been referring to the prayers of Zechariah. Maybe it was the prayers for a son. Maybe it was the prayers of the people, right? It also could have been the prayers for the coming Messiah, which John would be a partial fulfillment of that. It could be one of those things, all of those things. But here's the thing. Zechariah remained persistent in his praying while he was waiting. In our waiting, it can be difficult to pray, can it? Maybe the first day it's easy. Second day it's easy. Go on week four, month six. It can get very difficult while we wait. We can start to feel alone. We're like, God, do you care? Are you hearing me? We can start to isolate ourselves. And eventually some of us stop praying. Why pray? In our waiting, when we patiently persist in our prayers, in all of life circumstances, that's a way of focusing on obedience over outcome. Be persistent in your prayers. Where we go to the Lord and say, help me to see it. I wanna see what I want, but help me to see what you have for me. That your will be done. And Zechariah has been praying and then we see in verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. I don't know about you, but I love reading that because I can relate so much with Zechariah, right? Uh, he's been uh, obedient in his serving. He's been obedient in continuing to pray, but yet he's still wrestling with doubt. I get that. I would have asked the same thing. You know, he says, how could this be? Like, we're way past uh, child years, Gabe. How could, how could this even be? I, I, tell me. And I get it because we can look at what's before us, the visible and say, I want this and I don't see it. And that can be very tough. We're like, how's it ever going to happen? Because what I see, I see no chance of it happening. And so we can start to doubt. We can get disappointment, which we were talking about last week. Donnie was here talking about that. Well, in waiting, that can happen a lot but we've got to do exactly what Donnie said. We've got to wrestle with that doubt and disappointment. I love Gabriel's response. He says, um, I stand in the presence of God who sent me to speak to you. Basically he's saying, consider the source, Zechariah. God said this, do you know who he is? You see, in our waiting, trusting in who God is, is a way of focusing on obedience instead of our outcome. And when we trust in who he is, that can bring peace. Instead of looking at what I want, and I look and trust in what he wants, having peace is actually possible. Now it's unlikely that you and I will have an angel show up to us. I believe that could happen. But here's one thing we do have. We have the people of God around us. You and I have the community of God around us. That's why we love small groups. That's why we say be in community. You'll grow in community. Why? Because the people of God will help remind you about the word of God. The people of God can remind you of who he is. The people of God can remind you of his past faithfulness. And so we need to have people in our life who are regularly in the presence of the Lord. We need that. Those people will help us reorient our focus off of our outcome and to trust in who he is. Now you might be saying, Rob, are you gonna share the rest of this story? because you're thinking, I know how this ends. They get what they want, right? They had baby John and I found just in study, this is really neat. Do you know what the name John means? The Lord is gracious. Think about verse 25. Elizabeth felt the disgrace and that is being replaced by the grace of God. How cool is that? It'd be easy to think, yeah, she still got what, she, what they wanted. Don't forget, they had to give him to the service of God. They got what they want, wanted, but they were obedient in giving what they most wanted over to the service of the Lord. There's lessons that we can learn just from this short passage of trusting God in the outcomes, you know, and then trusting with whatever happens, we can trust him in that. Elizabeth and Zechariah got what God provided. And I'd like you to hear from Christian Abbey. They go to our Cary location and they're in a season of waiting. And I want you to hear their story. Check out the screens.
0: Well, hey, I'm Christian. I'm Abby. And uh, waiting is something we are very familiar with. Um, Before we got married, we actually dated long distance for three and a half years. So by the time we actually got married, we had talked about like, we have a lot of time to make up for. And uh, so just really enjoying the intentional time to, you know, to go on dates and do those things. Whereas before we tried to cram all these activities into like five days when we could (laughs) see each other. And then we were able to just, you know, the things we never were able to do before we were really enjoying those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I love that. And we did that for years, because we talked about, you know, before we even really leaned into expanding our family, just like we had three and a half years long distance. Let's take at least that amount of time, three and a half years before we kind of start that conversation. And so I think it was about that time, three and a half years, when you were kind of nudging me. I think it was a little bit before, honestly. So it took me a little while. I kind of brushed it off for the longest time. I wasn't there yet, but then after some more discussion and some more prayer, um, going into the beginning of 2022, that's when we really felt like, okay, we really feel like the Lord is leading us now to begin that journey. So we did. um, A few months, nothing happened. It was a little discouraging, but at the same time, that's normal. That happens. The timeline is different. and so. And uh, then that turned into about six months, which was discouraging, but that was also the same time where the Lord was transitioning us to where we are now here. And so once we got down here, we really felt like, OK, well, now that we're, we're in this new place, we're at our new church, maybe now it's going to happen because all these things have lined up and it's perfect. It would make sense. Um, but then six months turned into a year, and that was kind of when it was known to where we're kind of a little bit more in uncharted territory.
2: So by month 12 of trying, um... We were really at a point, we were kind of, like, what is going on? Why? Like, this is not something we ever envisioned we would struggle with. Like, I have four sisters. I did not think this was going to be something (laughs) that was going to be difficult for us. And it definitely caught us off guard. Mm -hmm. And by month 12 of trying to conceive, I just felt like a failure. I, I just felt like, like this is what makes me different from him. I am a woman, like this is what makes a woman a woman. And I just remember feeling like I was defective and like, and I just felt so weak. I was like, what is wrong with me? I felt less than like every woman around me. And um, it was really isolating and really hard. Yeah. Um, once we got to that point.
0: As a husband, it really broke me and grieved me to just to see how in pain and and broken you were. And knowing that as a husband, you want to be able to to be able to provide, to be able to care for your wife, and there was just emotionally and then circumstances in life where like I could not take away or could not make it better. So that turned into a few more months, and which led us to kind of the follow up appointments from our initial appointments. I thought it was just going to be like when you go to a doctor and like you're sitting at the the chair with like the parchment paper on the seat and you know doing all this, but like we just went into his office and it felt like a business meeting. He's just sitting there and he's he's got all of our data from just the testing and things looked at that and basically it was just a very matter of fact that like you guys are not gonna be able to become pregnant. Um, this is not gonna happen.
2: Yeah, I remember when he looked at us and he told us that, it was like, oh wow, like, <laughs> that's a big statement that has a lot of weight to it. Um, but like Christian said, we had been praying for clear and direct confirmation on our um trying to become parents journey, like what did that look like? And we had been praying that God please just make it so clear that there is just no doubt in what you're trying to communicate to us. And in that moment, um I just remember feeling this peace of like, and there it is. Um there's that answer. And for the first time in what, like a year and a half, mm-hmm. like I just wasn't devastated. Like I actually felt this like deep inner peace that like it was okay. And um that was how it was supposed to be. And it had been a long time since I felt that.
0: Yeah, but the Lord really used that and that for my heart, and we had kind of talked about before and you had mentioned like, you know, do you desire to, how much of your desire is like for our child to be like a biological child versus like our desire to be able to share the love of Jesus and to be able to bring up a child in this world. And after just kind of talking, praying through that, like, well, that's really where our heart is to be able to do that. And the Lord used that to open our hearts and our minds towards adoption, which is what we're doing now. And we're just so excited about that. And we're just seeing the Lord's hand through this whole process. So just recognizing like how God has worked in our story and realizing that there may be some others who are walking through that, have walked through that, know others who have walked through that. We would just love to be a resource. If you have any questions, just the encouragement because we understand um, we're walking through it. We've been there. And just as a connection point for, for God's church and the community as brothers and sisters in Christ is to be there for one another. We rejoice with those who rejoice. We mourn with those who mourn. And we just see this as a testimony of just the Lord's sovereignty and His faithfulness and just want to be able to be available to be able to share that with others. And again, just to be a resource to
1: others as well. Hmm. We see Christian Abbey Abby being obedient and they're waiting. They're faithfully praying. They're trusting the Lord and that tells me they're going to be obedient in God's provision and in what they desire. And they said at the end that they desire to be godly parents through the blessing of adoption. You see, often we say, I can't wait, but it's meant in excitement. Can't wait to go to that concert. I can't wait till we're together. I can't wait to go to that vaca- on that vacation. But I can't wait takes on a different tone when you're going through one of these waiting circumstances. And maybe for you, you're saying, I cannot wait any longer. You don't say that out of a place of excitement. You say that from a place where you're discouraged. It is hard. You're tired of waiting. Our prayer for you today, it comes straight from the Apostle Paul. I want to read it, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to look closely at what you and I are called to do and what is done for us by faith. We're called to trust in him. We're to focus on trusting in Jesus. And then when we do that choosing obedience over outcome, that's actually possible. We can have peace in the middle of our waiting. Why can I say that? Look at the verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. I can say it because we don't manufacture the hope. We trust in Jesus and we go to the giver of hope. And he gives us the hope. So much so we overflow with joy and peace. That's hard. I know that isn't easy to trust in the waiting. I want to close with a special time of prayer. I want to be just praying a few things, just a prompt, giving us some space to talk with the Lord I'll wrap up that section, move into the next one. But this is a time of prayer where you can have time with him, lifting up what's going on in your waiting. Let me pray. God, the giver of hope, we come to you. And it can be a struggle even to trust. Use today's service. Use your people. Use all the circumstances of our life to help us trust and then you do your work, which is giving hope and joy and peace. A lot of us, Lord, who are waiting right now. And if you are in a season of waiting, what emotions are you wrestling with right now? Is it disgrace? Is it disappointment? Is it doubt? Is it anger? Is it impatience? Whatever it is, share that with the Lord right now. Lord, you you know our emotions, and you, you have the power to replace the hurts with healing and with hope. I ask you now to replace our disgrace with the beauty of your loving graciousness. Replace our anger with an availability to love you and to love others. Replace our impatience with patience and help us to persist. Give us your peace. Lord, we have lots of areas that we're going through and it's tough to focus. But what areas in your life right now are you focused more on the outcome and what you want than being obedient to trusting and resting in God? Share them with the Lord right now. Lord, would you help us to trust in your plan? Help us to discern the things that are within our control and to be obedient in our attitude and in our actions so that they honor you. And help us to surrender those things that may be in our circle of care, but they're not in our circle of responsibility. And so we have to uh, surrender those They're beyond our control. Give us your peace, Lord. Lord, thank you for your people who point us to you. And are you choosing to spend intentional time in his presence and surround yourself with people who are in regular time in his presence as well? Spend a few minutes just asking, a few moments asking the Lord um, to help you understand what is true right now, where you're at. Lord, help us to be intentional in this new year to spend more time with you in your word, to be faithful and persistent in our prayers in all things. Help us to prioritize our relationships so that we are around people who are around you and use them to impact us. Give us your peace. Lord, we recognize you as the God of hope. You desire to fill us with your hope, to overflow with joy and peace as we trust in you. Move us in your power, the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have any, we feel weak. So thankful it's in your power. And it's only through your power that we're able to focus more on doing your will than on what we want. And when you work in us, Lord, we know your word, we trust your word that we can experience true and pure peace that brings rest to our souls. We ask you, God, to fill our lives with that, this missing peace that is the missing piece, your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Devoted City Church podcast. If you liked today's episode, rate us and subscribe so others can be encouraged too. We invite you to join us on a weekend at one of our locations or online at devotedcity.com.